0: Welcome to Talking Robots, the podcast with an inside view on the science, technology and business of intelligent robotics.
1: Hi, I'm Marcus Weibel from the Laboratory of Intelligent Systems at the EPFL in Lausanne, Switzerland. Today's guest is Laurent Keller, who is Professor of Evolutionary Ecology and Head of the Department of Ecology and Evolution at the University of Lausanne, Switzerland. Laurent Keller is very well known for his work on the evolution of social insects. He has published more than 160 articles in peer-reviewed journals on topics including aging, genomics, kin recognition, sex ratios, cooperation and altruism, and communication in animals including social insects, mammals, bacteria, birds, as well as in robots. Results of his work have been covered by many major news stations, including the BBC, the NBC, CNN, and even MTV. His goal is to understand the principles governing the evolution of animal societies and the ecological and evolutionary consequences of social life. To study these questions, he combines the disciplines of animal behavior, ecology, evolutionary genetics, genomics, and robotics. Laurent Keller has had a collaboration with the Laboratory of Intelligence Systems since 2001 to use robots as tools for biology. Hi Laurent, welcome to Talking Robots. Hello, yes, welcome. Uh, What can robots bring to biology?
0: Um, They can bring many things. Uh, So far, they have not brought so much things, but I think there's a big potential. And this is to use robots for things which cannot uh, be done in biology and also to play against the role of evolution. So as you know, evolution has taken place a long time ago and it's uh, very difficult for several things to know what occurred. And robots could be quite useful in some cases to get a better understanding of the evolution of interactions uh, between organisms. So how can robots help us do that? So they can be used in several ways. And I think the most uh, interesting things will be to look for interaction uh, between or within species. And robots can be used as simple agents which interact with uh, each other. And they can be used to look to what type of communication can evolve, the means by which organisms uh, communicate by, for example, looking to different uh, situations. And also they can be used to look to the effect of uh, social environment, for example, the size of the group, uh, the number of interactions between individuals, the kin structure of, of groups or the level of interaction between uh, different groups.
1: So you talk here about uh, using robots to do biology. Uh, why do you need robots? Why can't you just do simple mathematical modeling, as a lot of people do, or use computer simulations?
0: This is a very good question because I think for many, there have been I've seen quite a few studies where people have been using robots, but I think there was no point because those uh, studies could have been done with math- mathematical models, and I think everything which can do, which can be modeled, there would be no point to use real robots. And robots should be used only for things uh, which cannot be done by uh, simulation or uh, with real models. And this uh, would be very specific cases, because in many uh, cases, it models can can be used but they can bring many new things. For example, uh, once you have noise in, in uh, doing interaction, for example, uh, using real robots can be interesting. And also you can let evolve several things together. For example, if the spatial location of robots is important, uh, then it could be interesting to do it with real robots. For example, if they have to communicate and uh, because you can let evolve both uh, where they are spatially, how they communicate, and how this will influence their uh, interactions, for example.
1: Um, one other reason that was mentioned by a previous guest that we had here in Talking Robots, uh, Jun uh was that he said it's very easy to do parameter tuning in a sim- computer simulation. But it's very difficult to do it on robots because robotic experiments take such a long time. Would you see this as an important factor?
0: Yeah, I think it's an important one. Of course, it's if it's just a question of time, that's not really so important thing. But I think for several things with robots, if you use real robots, you cannot mimic or manipulate things. And if you do things to Honestly, I think this is a good way to prevent uh, experimenter to get the results he'd like to obtain.
1: So... Uh, Is it important that robots are bio-inspired or in some
0: way similar to animals? I'd say yes and no. It depends really the type of question you are asking. Uh, So depending on the question, some of the parameters, uh, for some of the parameters, it would be very important that robots could mimic the question or the morphology or type of communication you are looking at. But for other uh, issues, it's not important because, of course, We are not going to mimic again the real life. So this we need to be aware. But what we need to have is uh, important parameters which could affect uh, things during evolution or interaction that they will also uh, be included in the real robots. So the question is whether really to find what are the important parameters which should be bio-inspired in the robots.
1: And uh, does it make sense to try to rebuild complete animals or to even build artificial animals that are functionally close to the biological counterparts?
0: Again, it will really depend on what you are asking. So if you want to look to locomotion, then you need to do something which will be very close to, to the organism you are, you are uh, interested in. But if you want to look to communication, for example, uh, then if robots can display signals and, and so on, And if they have to move, the way they move will be completely unimportant. So as long as they can move, uh, that's an important issue. And then you will really want to have the type of communication which will mimic what you're investigating, but not how they move uh, in a given area.
1: So over the years, you've gained quite a lot of experience, I would say, with working with uh, computer models and with modeling biological systems. Um, Where do you see the main challenges in doing this?
0: Um, So, it's really to ask the right questions, because now I see it as two worlds. For example, the link between biology and robotics. So, there are some people doing robotics, and they do nice experiments, and then they try to make a link to biology. But this link is not always very relevant, and the outcome is that they publish their work in journals which are for robotic people, and so they address questions which are linked to biology, but biologists wouldn't read those type of journals. And uh, so there is a type of uh, bridge which needs to be done. And the best way to do it is to have people f- in biology working with people in robotics together uh, in asking the question and solving the issue of how it, it, it should, the experiment should be done. So
1: as you mentioned in the beginning already, um you use robots to perform artificial selection experiments and to do artificial evolution. Um, what other biological questions would you expect this research approach could address?
0: Um, so we have been looking to several things and I think it, which, are, which are quite suitable for that. This is mainly the interaction within species. And so one important issue is the evolution of cooperation. And so we have looked to what is probably more most important factor in nature, which is the effect of relatedness and level of selection. But one could do more such analysis, for example, uh, looking for difference between individuals in behavior. So, so far we had uh, individuals could evolve, but they would be the same. And they were not able to recognize each other in a group. So one could, for example, look the effect of recognition. And uh, there will be other things which could be done, for example, interaction between species. Uh, because what we have done is only uh, having one gene pool, but one could have several gene pools with individuals interacting across species. This will allow st- us uh, to look uh, both to communication across species, but also competition, uh, cheating, and different aspects which may mediate interaction across species. One could even think maybe to look to processes such as speciation, starting with one gene pool and look under what condition one could have uh, several genomes which will evolve uh, and with individuals which will uh, behave differently or mate non-randomly and to see under what conditions this could lead to uh, speciation.
1: And if you, if you move beyond evolution, artificial evolution?
0: Um, I think I'm sure there are lots of things to be done, but that's not really my field.
1: Okay. Um, a number of research projects are currently blurring this distinction between animals and robots and maybe that's one of the directions Uh, in one example for instance uh, people constructed a mobile robot that was controlled by cockroach sitting on a ping pong ball Uh, other projects allow for the remote control of rats or of sharks or of pigeons Uh, what do you think of such animal robot hybrids?
0: Um, I think they can be of some use in some cases I guess Um, I'm not sure exactly what they would be but I could imagine that under some condition we would like to use animals to do things, or so if we can manipulate their behavior, that could be uh, uh, of some use. Um, and also, I think so far, t- it's interesting that there's been more like, a, um, because people are quite fascinated to, for the link between machines and humans, um, and I think it has been more like a type of fascination than really of uh, importance biologically. Um, but then I guess one needs to see what will be the outcome of that field. This
1: line of research obviously raises some moral and ethical questions. Um, Do you see this as a potential problem in the future?
0: I guess I'm not... I haven't thought very carefully about that, but I guess there could be cases of moral issues, but I don't think it changes very much uh, compared to the other moral issues we have. So adding machines in... In that era, doesn't change really so important uh, question, and I think people, I think I don't think it, there's too much fuss about that, and I'm not sure it really changes uh, the general uh, problem of uh, of uh, ethics. And uh, how
1: do you, as a biologist, perceive the state of the art and also the progress in robotics?
0: Um, I think I think I can see the first recent interesting work which has been done for biologists. As I mentioned there's been a lot of work which has been done but so far biologists have not gained very much from the work which has been done in robotics and I can see the first uh, studies which have been done uh, in collaboration between people from robotics and biology which have provided useful insights uh, in biology and I'm sure over time this will become more and more common Uh, because I think it's the only way uh, people in biology will will get interested in robotics and these people in robotics ask questions which are important for biologists which can be done only by uh, fruitful interaction between both fields.
1: So you say you think that will happen in the future. Now I'd be very interested to know where you see the big goals in using robots to do biology in let's say the next 20 years.
0: Um, So from the area I know best, um, so from evolutionary biology or behavior, I think it's really to look to interaction within and between species. I think that's one of the main areas which uh, w- provide a very fruitful uh, field to, to use robotics. And I think there's much to be done that, and especially... Uh, as I mentioned, for the interspecific interaction, I think robots have n- almost never been used, and when they have been used, it's not to ask questions which are really uh, big questions in biology. And I'm sure that over time there will be more and more interaction between biologists and people in robotics to ask also in what I see as interesting questions. Mm-hmm. Where do you see the big challenges? Uh, that's difficult to well, big challenges is to have good people to put together good people from biology and robotics, because that's not always easy. So there are a few places in the world where you get good people in biology and robotics, uh, who are also interested to talk to each other. And I think probably these are the places where uh, there will be the, mo- the most of the development in the future.
1: Um, we've talked a lot about biology now, uh, and you as a biologist, I wonder if you have, well, I know you have sort of an outside view of robotics, maybe a more distant view than, than most of us here. Um, and I wonder if you think that robotics has a future in other disciplines beyond robotics, uh, beyond biology, excuse me.
0: Um, i I, i'm sure robotics for more applied things so uh, robotics will be very very important in many areas but i must say i've not really thought carefully about that
1: um so 20 years from now uh, talking about robotics now in general really uh, where do you think robots will have made a difference in our lives daily lives
0: well, I think that's <laughs> the type of things which are very difficult to, to answer because if it really makes a difference and if I will know what it is, so I will already be working on that. And a uh,
1: personal question, have you considered buying a robot yourself, for instance, a vacuum cleaner or a robotic lawnmower or something?
0: Not. <laughs> this has not yet <laughs> crossed my mind, I must say. Why not? I, I, well, because I'm not sure I... Uh, um. I don't clean so so frequently when I do it, but uh, I think it's just as efficient for me to do it on my own than to to struggle with a robot, I guess. So,
1: as just a personal question again, and one last one. Uh, as a biologist, would you see robotics today as a science?
0: Uh, yes, yeah, certainly it is a science, because, of course, it is a science where people have to think of important questions, uh, design experiments or setups to test cells, uh, to test prediction, make prediction. So it is clearly a, a science uh, and it will move more and more as a scientific field in, in the future.
1: So thank you very much, Laurent, for joining us here on Talking Robots. Thank you
0: very much and have a good day.
1: This concludes this episode of Talking Robots. We talked to Laurent Keller from the Department of Ecology and Evolution at the University of Lausanne about what robots can do for biology. As always, you can find related links and other information for this episode on our website. I'm Marcus Weibel. Thanks for listening.
0: Talking Robots, the inside view on robotics. For more information on past and upcoming podcasts, visit our website at lis.epfl.ch